What's up? Good morning. It's Thursday, June 25th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Really enjoyed today's show. About to bring on Barton Simmons, who is a CBS Sports writer and the 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting, who has a new article up. It's 20 of the most important, indispensable players in college football. And the fun thing about this list is it's not just a who's who of the best players in the game. Trevor Lawrence isn't on it. Justin Fields isn't on it. Micah Parsons isn't on it. Rather, it's 20 names who have the potential to really swing the season. Miles Brennan, Spencer Rattler, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, he's got a lot of quarterbacks, but he's also got some coaches. He's got some running backs, and I guarantee you there are people on this list who you have never heard of. He's got some ACC quarterbacks who play for teams who probably won't factor into the playoff race, but certainly could mess up another team's playoff hopes. He's got new coordinators who are trying to save their head coach's job and and maybe in the process lift their team to national title contention as well. It's a really interesting list. Really excited for you guys to listen to my conversation with Barton. We're choosing one name so player or coach, per each Power 5 conference. The rest of the list, the rest of the 20, is up online at 247sports.com. We're going to play the interview right now. All right, bringing in Barton Simmons right now. So, Barton, you've got a list of the the 20 people who might decide the college football season. That that article is up on 247sports.com, and and you're here to run through it with us. And I asked you to, to kind of choose five guys or five players, one per conference. And I'm excited to see what you got. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it was fun list. I tried to do it to where I, I didn't have quarterbacks. I mean, you could ultimately just pick 20 quarterbacks and, and sort of treat that as what's going to define the season. But I, 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 I tried to force myself out of the quarterback narrative when possible. Uh, so I got a few and, and I think, Maybe a place to start for me would be one of the quarterbacks I'd pick, which was sort of the inspiration to putting this list together, which is Miles Brennan at LSU. Um, that I mean, talk about an X factor for the season. Like we all agree and can acknowledge how talented LSU continues to be, um, especially a wide receiver. You know, I know uh, they lost a, a first rounder, Justin Jefferson, but Jamar Chase, the best receiver in the country, is back. Terrence Marshall, one of the best receivers in the country, is back. They've got a loaded backfield. Again, they've got the number one tight end in the country arriving as a true freshman. So what's the unknown for this team? It's not talent. It's just it's Miles Brennan. And we all think Miles Brennan is talented, but what does that even mean? Like, is he good enough to get them back to 10-2? and two? Is he good enough for them to run the table again is he good enough for them to get to eight and four like I just I think it could go a number of different ways and uh I I just think Miles Brennan and what he does this year how capable how competent he is 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 a huge domino in terms of how it affects the entire national landscape uh in college football it kind of fascinates me that in an era in which quarterbacks play really early and as freshmen it's it's a little bit easy to start sleeping or devalue the player who takes a little bit of time and it's not miles brennan's fault that joe burrow came in ahead of him and, and transferred in but we were doing some reminiscing 
earlier today, Barton, and I was thinking about like the 2016 opening finals. And if I remember correctly, you really liked Miles Brennan and he was in that 2017 class. But in the 2016 opening, we were a few months removed from Jared Goff having been drafted number one overall. I remember hearing some comparisons as far as like the frame and, and the whippy yeah. arm. And do you, do you think he, in putting him on this list, like do you see him as a guy who could take LSU to the playoff or are your expectation is just like get the ball to your talented receivers and kind of get out of the way? My expectations are more of the latter. Like, and, and that doesn't mean he can't be a dude. He can't be a Jared Goff. He can't be a first-round draft pick at some point. But I just think as he steps into this thing, I mean, look, the, the reality is LSU did go looking for an answer at quarterback two years ago uh, in, in the transfer portal for Joe Burrow. Like That was pretty critical for LSU. And Miles Brennan was on the roster then. And so he was, he was rail thin when he arrived at LSU. He's needed to get stronger. Some of that has 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 come, um, but it, you know Miles Brennan is not this this guy that um, it, you know he's not Trevor Lawrence or or Justin Fields or even Spencer Rattler or some of these other five star guys that are you know you can just add just add water and and they're ready to roll. I think it was going to take time, and so uh, you know, we've had flashes, we've seen him here and there, but ultimately. Where he's at in his development right now is is an unknown, which is why he's such a huge X factor for the entire season. Let's hop over to the ACC. Who do you have for this one? And you've got uh, a few, but which one do you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So I went. So we'll, let, let's go to Clemson. Um, okay. And again, this is an F. I know like how important Trevor Lawrence is to the ecosystem in college football, but I think we know what we're getting in Trevor Lawrence. This third year in, this is his seventh straight year as a starting quarterback. He's lost, I think, in that entire stretch, like four games, five games total since high school. Like he is, he, he, we know what we're getting. So let's just bake in Trevor Lawrence's ability to this season and, and, and the, the unknown, what, what ultimately is, is going to determine what Clemson can do to me is more in the wide receiver position uh, because they lose a second rounder in T Higgins, but they've got maybe an, a better receiver coming back in Justin Ross. Oh, wait a second. Okay. Justin Ross is injured. He's out for the season. Now that, that's a, that, that's a pretty dramatic shift from you lose one of the best, you know, one of the best one, two punches in the country receiver to both of one of the best one, two punches in the country receiver. And now who's going to step up. And so the name I, I, I threw on there is Joseph and Gata who got a lot of flash and buzz and out of Clemson as a true freshman playing behind those guys, can he emerge as a number one guy? Because there's some good players. There's a Cornell Powell and Amari uh, Rogers, and, and there's, there's some guys that are obviously talented. Certainly the running back field is really good as well. But, um, and then the Galloway kid at tight end is, is, is back. So there, there's, there's plenty of players. But I don't think any of those guys that I just named are, are a number one receiver. And so it's interesting to me whether Joseph and Gata, and maybe you can throw Frank Ladson in there too. They're, these guys are sophomores, highly touted coming out of high school. Can one of those guys be Trevor's go-to number one outside threat, which has been such a critical element in the Clemson passing game? Uh, if he can, that, that's, that's, very, um, that's a very good indicator to me of what's to come for Clemson. If, if we're just going to say here and say, uh, you know, re looking into the future, 
reading the, 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 the tarot cards, like there will not be a guy that emerges as the number one rider this year for Clemson. It's a little tougher for me to sit here and pitch them as the, the future national title winner if, if they do it without someone that we think is, is a, a big-time guy on the outside. Yeah, because T. Higgins and Justin Ross, they obviously struggled in the playoff against you know elite cornerbacks. And you, you wonder maybe if, if losing Justin Ross, you mentioned it expedites the needed diversification of that receiver room and kind of reopens up the middle of the field for Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, is one of the best in the game and, and he'll throw to whoever is open up in the big 10 Barton. Who are you going to hit us with? So this, this is, we're going to the coaching, the coaching ranks. Um, Kirk Shiraka, who is the new offensive coordinator for Penn state. Uh, I mean, I think Penn state is very much the X factor in the big 10 this year as a team. Uh, we, you know, everyone's confident in Ohio state, whatever comes out of the West, um, I, I don't think is going to beat whatever comes out of the East. Penn State appears to be the, the team that is most equipped to, to challenge Ohio State in the East. But I think that there's a big caveat to that. I mean, we, we, we kind of know what Sean Clifford is. Good quarterback, maybe not great quarterback. He could take a step forward. We'll see. But I think if he takes a step forward, that's really dependent on, on Kirk Shiraka. Um, I think the... You know, this is a different skill set of talent that Penn State sports than what Kirk Shiraka left at Minnesota, where it was a really sort of a crisp, clean passer and a really talented wide receiver group. This is more of an athletic quarterback that has a really good running backfield, a really good tight end, really not much there at the wide receiver position. So I think Penn State has been needing a little bit of a um, injection of, of, of energy into this offense for a couple of years, ever since Joe Moorhead left. And so he could a provide that, but B if he provides that, I think he's going to have to do it in a little bit different way, maybe than he did, at least with different personnel than he did at Minnesota. So I just think a lot is riding on, on what happens with, uh, with this new offensive coordinator. Yeah. Penn state's identity I guess the last few years, Ricky Ronnie, everyone you know seemed to to really think uh, highly of him after he took over from Joe Moorhead, and you know, I mean he left on his own terms. He took the head coaching job at at Old Dominion, but you mentioned they they kind of need a spark, and it's it's kind of interesting that like we talk about Penn State as a, a playoff contender, and they've just got this totally different identity than almost any other contender. I mean, it's like built around a stable of running backs and. You mentioned Sean Clifford the other day, like they're asking him to just kind of be a bus driver. So you're hoping they, I mean, I can't see them winning the big 10 unless this offense takes a jump. So, Oh, sure. And I think the defense is like that, you know, we know how good the defense is going to be. At least I think the defense is going to be really, really good. Um, so what's the, you know, can the offense be one of the best in the country? Cause that's, that's the bar. That's how you get into the playoffs. The college football daily will be right back. All right, Big 12. Um, it looks like you're choosing. I mean, you've got a few people on here. Uh, you, you, it, no one who's not like on a, a massive contender is here on the list. I, uh, I wonder where you're going to go with it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I went Spencer. I'm going to go Spencer Rattler. Um, I was kind of thinking you were going to spend the podcast talking to us about Chuba, but no, I, I, I like I've, the Rattler mention. I've, 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 I've talked plenty about Oklahoma State this offseason. So I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on them for now. There'll be more opportunities there. But Spencer Rattler, a little bit, but one of the more obvious picks, I would say. Um, you know, if you're if 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 
if Joe Fan walking down the street was going to make this list, he probably put Spencer Rattler on there. And I, I, I just think you can't, you cannot have this list without including Spencer Rattler because we've seen what Lincoln Riley's done with transfer quarterbacks. Oklahoma's winning the Big 12 and they're in the playoffs every year, it seems like. And now we're going to see what he can do with a high school quarterback. Um, oh, and you know, by the way, the high school quarterback is also the number one quarterback in the country in the class of 2018 and is whatever that was, 2019. Yeah. Um, and might be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Like, it's not hard to imagine Spencer Rattler coming out the gate as a, tr- as a redshirt freshman and finds his way to New York City as a Heisman finalist once again out of Oklahoma. Uh, and it's also not hard to imagine this being a year where maybe a Texas, maybe an Oklahoma State, maybe, I don't know, Iowa State, TCU, whoever, can win the Big 12 because of this slight step back from the Sooners with a first-year quarterback that doesn't have quite the the depth of experience that the other few guys that have taken over have had. And so, again, when you're just talking about the, you know, the ripple effects of Spencer Rattler's play on the 2020 season, it's, it's pretty dramatic the, the different ways it could go. This is a tough question because we haven't seen him really play. And, and the guys we're going to compare him to are we're totally finished products as our last college memory of them. But on the talent spectrum of the former OU quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, like where do you put Spencer Rattler? I would put him... I would put him the second most talented behind Kyler Murray. Um, I think the thing with with Spencer Rattler that I'm I'm probably most interested in is I mean he was a no brainer, no doubter from an arm talent and just uh, playmaking perspective. I'm just interested in what he is like as a as a leader of a locker room, leader of a team. You know the maturity level he's going to be prepared to show as a potential retro freshman starter with all the expectations that are lumped onto that being at Oklahoma, that to me is going to probably determine more so than his skill set, what his, his future holds and what the, the Oklahoma future holds in this 2020 season. For sure. Let's finish in the PAC 12. Yeah, I went, uh, I went Oregon and I went Kayvon Thibodeau for uh for Oregon and he is one of only two defensive players I had on this list maybe three um kind of deciding on one more but uh ultimately like Oregon is 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 a fly in the ointment is a, is an x factor is like a team that could uh, topple the you know the traditional powers I mean Oregon's kind of a traditional power too but like you know break into the the club of the college ball playoffs that's been basically occupied by you know, Ohio State, uh, Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. Um, I think Oregon could sneak in there, not necessarily because of their their offense, which is sort of the the, the more traditional Oregon power that we envision from the Chip Kelly days, but but because of their defense and what that defensive secondary could accomplish and what they could accomplish in concert with a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau, who's in his second year. He was one of the best freshmen in college football last year. It's, you know, can he be a guy that takes over games as a sophomore and, and, and Oregon starts to win and, and 
you know, win, win the games like Ohio State because of what that defense can accomplish, the way that defense can disrupt things. Um, I, I think that his development is big because there's a, some other elements of Oregon's defense that I, I feel pretty, pretty confident in and sort of knowing what it is. And that's not to say I'm not confident in Kayvon Thibodeau. I am. I just wonder whether he, you know, is he all Pac-12 next year or is he like the best pass rusher in college football? Because I think if you're getting that, then all of a sudden the picture starts to change in terms of how Oregon is viewed in a game like that, that opener against Ohio State or I guess the whatever, week two, whenever they're playing Ohio State. Well, you mentioned Ohio State. I'm a big – September Heisman kind of guy. And I honestly think Kayvon Thibodeau has a little sneaky September Heisman potential because we're going to talk about Trey Lance yep. all summer. And and they go, North Dakota State goes to Oregon week one. And then Justin Fields comes to Austin week two. And if Kayvon Thibodeau can make life tough for those guys, I don't know. We could have a little, little September Heisman love for him that falls off by October. So that's right. That's Thanks right. for joining us, Barton. Yeah, we got it. Thanks again to Barton Simmons for joining us. He's a busy guy, does a lot of podcasts, does the Barton and Bud podcast for 24-7 Sports, and does the Cover 3 podcast for CBS Sports. Both are great. We appreciate him carving out some time for us. Tomorrow on the College Football Daily, I'm looking to do a news recap. Got a lot of things happening. COVID won't slow down. West Virginia has placed its defensive coordinator, Vic Caning, on administrative leave while it launches an investigation into allegations of mistreatment made by one of its own players. So we're going to dig into that on Friday. Maybe we'll have some more news to share for everybody by then. But for now, go check out Barton Simmons' 20 Most Important Players of the 2020 College Football Season. It's up online at 247sports.com. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you enjoy what we're doing, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps us increase and man- maintain visibility among the top charts so we can keep getting more listeners and help keep the lights on. If you have a content idea, drop us a review. We've got a few things coming in the next few weeks that are going to be some evergreen type episodes as we step away for vacations. We've got some guest hosts penciled to step in as well. So now's, now's the best time ever uh, to, to drop in something that you think we should talk about because with a lack of real news outside of COVID-19, we're looking for things that you would be interested in learning more about. So for Barton Simmons, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. We will see you on Friday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. 